0: Welcome to the first bonus episode of Rob and Drew Electric Doogaloo. In this episode the boys will pick up where they left off in the Bioshock episode and talk about the aborted movie of that game. Then they will talk about failed attempts to make a remake of Logan's run and then talk about rumors dealing with Bryan Singer. Remember these are only rumors and have not been confirmed. So don't sue Rob and Drew. Now
1: enjoy the show. Now that you mention it, I think it was I did hear rumors that it was canceled. Like officially it was canceled, but I heard rumors that maybe it would get off the ground somehow. I, I think it would make a good movie though, wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah. And, and it was gonna and Ken Levine was gonna write the screenplay. Or he was he, he either was gonna write or he was gonna co-write it. I can't remember <laughs> exactly. Cause right after that Ken Levine ended up writing a screenplay for a remake of Logan's Run, and the only reason I think it didn't get made was I think MGM had the rights to Logan's Run, and that was right before MGM fell apart. So, But many people have been trying to make a remake of Logan's Run. At one point, right before X-Men... like Basically, at one point, Brian Singer was going to do... His follow up to the first X-Men movie was going to be a remake of Logan's Run, starring uh Leonardo DiCaprio and Ian McKellen. Which would hmm. yeah. Ian McKellen would have been the Peter Ustinov character, you know, the old man. Yeah. Yeah, and and Leonardo DiCaprio would have been Logan. So and this is early two thousands. It's actually like pre gangs in New York, Leonardo DiCaprio. And um is one of many projects that Brian Singer, I think, I don't know about some, I'm not going to talk about the, you probably know the kind of rumors I, I don't want to talk about, but the, it's pretty well known he's a drug act, and that's, mm-hmm. act, that, that actually has killed a couple of things, and I'm pretty sure there were even rumors that he didn't really direct X-Men Apocalypse, that he was so wasted that the writer and producer Simon Kinberg who's the guy who's writing and directing the, the current X-Men movie. That's going to come out X-Men Phoenix, which is going to be a proper version of the dark Phoenix. I guess supposedly he directed a, a lot of X-Men apocalypse because Brian, I guess goes in and out of drug fueled situations. And while, uh, Days of Future Past. He was, I guess, he was pretty sober, which is why that's a better film than X Men Apocalypse. Um, but he was supposed to do. I know I'm getting completely off track on Bioshock. I'm gonna get back I'll to. Bio, I'm gonna get back to Bioshock. But, but, um, you know that all tied to Logan's Run. But try to get Logan's Run. That didn't happen. Uh, many people try to remake Logan's Run. At Brian Singer was originally going to be the guy to direct. Um. What, uh, I'm trying to remember what was the um, the movie about the the guy who created the dating game and created and hosted the gong show who claimed to be a, a, a spy that was mm. that was George Clooney's uh, debut as a director. Uh, Brian Singer was originally supposed to direct that and George Clooney was supposed to play the lead. It wasn't until a week before shooting. Brian Singer said, ah, I just left. Rumors from what I've heard is he was just way too out of it. And the only reason he got X Men 2 was because he did X Men, and X Men was really huge. But George Clooney kind of knew there were probably going to be problems because of his drug problem. And so. George Clooney stepped down from starring in the film and d- took over as director and immediately hired Sam Rockwell to take the lead role, whereas Clooney decided instead to play – instead of playing the lead uh, because you know he had never directed before, he took over uh, as uh, the role of the, the, the CIA agent who is uh, his, the, the go-between guy. You know, supposedly. Um, the thing is, I will have to caveat and say that the whole that that was why Brian Singer didn't direct that movie, or Logan's or Logan's Run remake. Those are all rumors. I'll just say, I'll say that those are rumors. But it is no, and it's and it's just rumors that Simon Kinberg mainly directed X Men Apocalypse. Those have mm-hmm. not been entirely substantiated. I should say that with caution. But it is a fact that he's he does have a, a drug problem. Now, whether or not that has interfered with his work as a director and that that's why he got kicked off the, uh, the Queen biopic, or if there was something to do with the Me Too movement but on the, say, Kevin Spacey side of things, <laughs> uh, at the moment, we won't, we don't know. Uh, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was that they took him off the X-Men movies because he, he didn't really direct X-Men Apocalypse, and they put put him on what they thought would be a smaller film, which is, you know, the Queen biopic is a much smaller film. Uh but that he still was a problem and so they had to get rid of him and uh, and they replaced him. Uh, anyway, that's not anything about Bioshock, but uh, the <laughs> when, when it comes to the movie, the movie was going to be... Now, I think they tried to do it again about a year ago and that fell apart. I don't know how far they got on that, but in 2008, they were going to... Uh, Gore Verbinski, the director of... Uh, the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies, uh, the uh, Mouse Hunt was his first film that he direct- I think his first film. He also directed the American remake of The Ring. Uh, he directed Rango, the animated film starring uh, Johnny Depp, uh, you know, as a Western lizard, lizard in a Western, uh, and well, uh, also directed Lone Ranger. Although Rango and Lone Ranger were well after the attempt at this Bioshock movie, uh, Verbinski really, really wanted to do an R-rated Bioshock movie because he felt if you cut the the blood and the gore out and tried to make it PG thirteen violence wise, that it just watered down the message. And yeah. and what had happened was he was initially given a $200 million budget for an R-rated film because they're like, this is a very, this is a very, very successful video game. The director had just come off of the second and third Pirates of the Caribbean movies and they're like, okay, this should, this should work uh then watchmen came out and bombed and a lot of studios then kind of recoiled on the idea of very very big budget r rated movies so uh universal who was going to make it said you can make it r rated but we are not making it for any more than 80 million dollars and oh man the
1: budget cut in half
2: over half that's over half
1: overhead
2: yeah. yeah think about it, you know cuz half would have been if it w- if it went from 160 to 80 it went from 200 to mm-hmm. 80 and knowing what and uh it was going to utilize a combination of actual built sets and sort of like uh, cuz i think even like I, th- I think robert rodriguez was somehow involved as a producer or something cuz i think they there was even going to be some techniques like the like anytime you could see the outside, they would have like green screen built into where the glass would be and you could see the outside. So that'd be CGI, whereas like anything that was physical, so it'd be like a mixture between physical sets and that kind of uh, Sin City 300 kind of digital backlock kind of thing where you make it. A- a heavy amount digital, so it was going to be like 50 50, and you could not do that, especially with the amount of uh, physical stuff he still wanted to build on 80 million. And they basically were like, Here's your options you keep 200 million, but you make it a PG 13 movie, or you make it 80 million as an R rated movie. And he's like, I can't do it either way. And he walked away, and nobody else, no other director, was interested in doing it. And well. Let I think after Gore Verbinski left, they actually went to Ken Levine and they said, "What What do you want to do?" And he goes, "Well, I kind of I agree with uh with Gore Verbinski. Let's Let's just you know if you guys are willing to just not make the movie, just don't make the you know either do what Gore is proposing two hundred million dollar R rated violent film or you know." Just don't make it.
1: Yeah, exactly. You and, can't do it any other way.
2: Yeah. I, I honestly, if, if, if they did it as a PG 13 film, cause like, like Ken Levine even go, I, I think he was like, he's like, I, he didn't want like naked women in it. He just knew that the level of violence, it's an M rated game.
1: Exactly. There's, there's
2: a reason for that. It's like, you know, it's, Let me look this up, because I think... <laughs> well, I'm looking up another video game adaptation. I'm trying to see what... That was based on an M-rated game. And let me see... Although it's it, it messed with so many other things besides that. But what did... Okay, it was R-rated. Doom was R-rated. Okay. I was gonna... But even do. But then again, that had such a low... Like, it looks so cheap, sadly. I mean, Doom Doom looked really cheap, and I think they took away what I think was what made Doom interesting, which was, well, we can't... We don't want any satanic themes in here. We don't want it to be an opening up to hell. So it'll be like a disease. I'm like... Yeah, virus. I'm like, it's so stupid, you know? Mm -hmm. Even if you do get The Rock as the main
1: character we still won't see it because you took the main story element from the game and you turned it into something it wasn't.
2: I mean, basically it's like, you you might as well basically say, I don't know, but, but technically I, but I bet that that means you actually haven't seen the film.
1: I have not. I've heard a couple, I've I've seen like a couple clips on YouTube, especially that first person, uh, that first person scene.
2: Yeah. Most people are like, that's the only good part of the movie. But here's the yeah, thing.
1: That, that is the only good
2: part. Here's the thing. And this is a spoiler. The Rock really isn't the lead character. That's the... Tw- they they Because they had to come up with a twist. Carl Urban, the future Judge Dredd, is the real hero of the movie, and in the end, The Rock turns into the... The la- basically like the last boss of the movie. Hmm. Still a stupid idea. Uh yeah, still stupid. Yeah, even even if you got Carl Urban and The Rock, you know. And that was like really early in Carl Urban's career. I think he the only other stuff he had been noted was he had that his small role in the Lord of the Rings movies, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, because this—that's pre him being in Star Trek. That's pre him being Judge Dread and Dread. And I—I'm I, still crossing my fingers that the new Judge Dread TV series that they still haven't said if it's going to be on HBO, Netflix, or Amazon Prime. I still hope that they—they they keep him as Dread, even if there's a lot of elements from the Dread movie that they can't use that were specifically designed the way they were because it's going to be a completely different production company. So, you know, the way they'll probably do it is kind of like how, uh, if, if they do keep Carl Urban as judge dread, uh, maybe I should also write as like, and then we just talk, start talking about doom and Carl Urban at this <laughs> point. And so you can, you can turn it off at this point. I'll, I'll put that into exactly. the, I'll put that into the description also, but I'm just saying this cause I'm, I'm a huge judge dread fan. I, I love the comics. I really recommend them. If you haven't read any of them, they're really good.
1: You'll uh, have to find them.
2: Yeah. I, I had to, when, when I started wanting to read them, before the movie, like a couple of years before the movie came out, the, I had to import them through Amazon UK because, well, because it's, it's a British, even though it's set in America, it's a British comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you know, basically the whole idea of Judge Dredd was like, well, what if Dirty Harry was considered the level headed cop in the future? And that's what Judge Dredd is. is, And it was originally meant to be satirical. And there's still some elements of satire. And dark humor. Which is why I think the biggest problem with the uh, Stallone movie is. The stuff that's played straight. Shouldn't be played straight. And then the stuff that is humorous in the movie. Is the kind of humor that never was in the comics. And was too slapsticky and. Yeah, Rob Schneider. But they did get they got. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Oh, I knew you were gonna bring that up. Oh man, and he's even he he. They gave him the name of one of the characters from the comic, but he has almost nothing to do with the character he's based on. The character he's based on is a mutant, even and I don't (laughs) know. It's like. Only time Rob Schneider's good in a Sylvester Stallone movie is like his little cameo in Demolition Man. You know. Cause he's barely in it. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> and it's yeah. like and sometimes Rob Schneider can be can actually be funny. I like the first uh Deuce Bigelow film. That actually was good. The second one, I could not finish. I could not finish. Man, I'm the I'm only ju-
1: funny part about that would be hi, I'm Deuce, biggest lady I've ever seen. That was the only
2: part that I laughed at. Uh, anyway, uh, back to Carl Urban. I, if they do bring him back as Dread for this TV show, it's going to be kind of like a different... It'll have to be a different continuity even if they keep him on as Dread. But I, he was great as Dread, and I hope they do that. But it would be like what they did with the two Ghost Rider movies, which is it's Nicolas Cage as Johnny Blaze in both films, but neither film are set in the same universe it's like completely different continuity like you know if, if you pay attention like they completely change it they, they don't completely but they alter the origin story they rehash the origin story but at the same time i think spirit of vengeance was a better film it still wasn't a Ghost Rider movie <laughs> neither neither was mm-hmm. a neither was a good ghostwriter movie spirit of vengeance was a good uh neville dean and taylor film And that was the last time those guys worked together before they split up as directors. And I actually wanted to check out um, the horror film that uh, Nicolas Cage did with one of the two directors of Spirit of Vengeance, um, where I think it's called Mom and Dad. I got to check it out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. But yeah, I definitely am going to put in the description, like, we only talk about Bioshock from this point to this point. (laughs) We don't normally do this, folks. Normally, all the random stuff we're going to talk about is at the beginning, so that you can just jump to it. Sorry, but... Rabbit Trails, the podcast. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. you have anything, like, in reaction to anything left to, to, to say that's not Bioshock-related? Because I think we just drove Bioshock into the ground, but there's... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Say good
2: well, oh. I that's all I have to say. Okay. Say good night, yep. Drew. Good night, Drew. Oh wait, listen. <laughs> yeah, that we did not we did not plan that, but that is how I exactly want it. Okay, I think maybe we're the music is coming in or it's going to, so we're ending it right now. Uh, you people have a good day, night, whatever. It's night for us right now, but who knows when this gets uploaded. It'll probably be four weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Again, maybe the music is now. I don't know. It'll happen some point. Yes, eventually. Bye. All right.
0: This has been the first bonus episode of the podcast known as Rod and Drew Electric Dugale Loop. The music was composed and performed by Eric Scott Rosso. The staff of the podcast hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. End.